Hello guys and welcome to this episode of the podcast. This episode is brought to you by the wonderful Lido Lighter Cafe. Go down there and grab your morning coffee, Arvo coffee. Heck, before the girls even close up, grab another coffee and enjoy your night. They have a wide range of food including sandwiches and focaccias there and quiches and everything to please anyone. So please go down there and support the wonderful girls at Lido Lada. On this episode, I've Glenelg Shire Council Member Jaden Smith. Jaden's a local Portland boy and he's aspiring to meet the needs of the whole Glenelg Shire community at the ripe old age of 26, I believe. Um, I had a great time having this chat. It was good to be back in the studio and actually see someone face-to-face. And we talked about Jaden and his, I guess his processes going into the Glenelg Shire Council elections, um, his ambitions going forward. And we talked on a few keynotes about the Portland and surrounding communities and the Glenelg Shire. Um, it was a wonderful chat. It was great to just see his insight and understand myself um, where he was coming from, his perspective. So I really thank Jaden for his time. Everyone, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're going to continue working on bringing out some great episodes for you guys. I appreciate everyone and their support. We're nearly at the end of 2020 and make sure you keep loving everyone and get around the Christmas spirit. A few more episodes hopefully to get out before the end of the year. I love you all guys and please let me know with any feedback that you might have. Cheers guys. You. Jaden Smith, how are you, mate? Good, Pat. Thanks for having me. No, nah, that's all right, mate. Thank you for giving up your time. I know, obviously, everyone knows that's probably going to listen to this. So you've got a busy schedule now, um, and we'll get into that stuff. But no, nah, thank you. Time's a pretty valuable thing at the moment. Yeah. 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 How are you going anyways, mate? Yeah, yeah good, good. Um, yeah, as we spoke about before, uh, very busy. Um, it's all unraveling itself. So, um, I've been told that the first part is the busiest, so hopefully mm. after the first few months it'll level out and it'll allow me to enjoy it a lot more um become more manageable i can put more time into uh helping the community yeah yeah and that's a big thing what got i guess before we get into that and you moving into a community role like being on the council what was let's go back i guess have you always grown up in portland mate and your upbringing and is that why you have such a strong connection and wanting to do this role or yeah um it's it's not something that i ever thought i'd be doing uh (laughs) I'd, especially just, what mid-20s yeah yeah exactly um i just had this urge in the last few years to to want to help in some way whether it was people um animals anything you name it it was just something that i felt like oh, um i've always had everything i'd wanted um always been looked after so i thought maybe it's time as a person to give back so um it's strange how this has come about i actually left a job at the smelter uh, two years ago, um, and I said to my boss at the time, um, I'm leaving, I want to do something a bit more community involved. Um, and that never really happened. And I went back with another uh, contractor out there a couple of months later and thought, oh, here we go again. I, you know, I had every best intention and never got there. So, um, and then this has, you know, come about that this has happened. So it was, you know, supposed to be, I guess. Mm. Yeah. What, 
like what was it about the job at the smelter what you were doing that was just not quite hitting the spot for you was I, it i'm someone that's money's not really a, a big a big calling for me um obviously now that i'm getting older i realize how important it is to save when you're younger and hop, yeah. not spend all your money on hobbies and things like that but um i wouldn't do any different than um how i've sort of grown up and all that sort of thing it's you find your own way in your own time sometimes it's takes way too long and sometimes it happens too quickly and we see that a lot with um, a lot of younger famous people for instance <laughs> 100% so yeah it was just not right for you at the time you're saying just at the yeah I, I, I just had to nut out with myself what what I actually wanted I mm. knew there was a very vague area that I wanted to be in mm. um, I, I just had to work it out it took it took some time to work out what that was and um, when I left that job I'd seen I looked up uh, when voting was going to happen next and I could become a candidate um, mm. and that was two years away at that point. So, um, yeah, when it came up, I jumped on it pretty quick. Yeah. So, it was something from two years ago that you kind of had in the back of your mind of doing Yeah, I always, always thought I'd have a go at it just mm. because it's something that anybody can, can do. You can approach mm. it in how you want. It's, it's not uh, dictated by anyone. You can be yeah. you and yeah. um, go as far as you like. So Yeah, exactly. So, do... I guess in the in the process of it, and you know, I guess campaigning and all those kind of things, uh, was there any prerequisites prerequisites or guidelines or anyone telling you how to do things, or was there anyone that you reached out to, or was it just all off your own back? In um, not really. I kind of already had a design laid out of how I wanted to approach this, and it was mm. probably borderline a little bit vague compared to a lot of others. <laughs> so um, I didn't come up with anything that I wanted to change as far as particular, um, you know, areas like some mm. people chose roads or rail or, you know, there was, there's lots of different things that people go after depending on what their interests are mm. prior to getting in. Um, and obviously those guys that have got, you know, 20, 30 years more life experience than me have a much bro uh, broader range of what they're interested in and what they've mm. seen in their previous life that um, they believe needs changing mm. um, whereas mine was sort of um, I guess you could say a new approach yeah. um, which was just be very general um, and be the person there to help people rather than yeah. fix a specific thing it's not I don't believe it's up to me to choose what's most important um, mm. I think people will come to me with what they believe is important yeah so what you're saying is that you'll kind of listen to the community and see what the needs are at the current time and bring that to council or whatever, bring that into notion and then, yep, go do the best you can. Yeah, basically because like only being 26 years old, it's it's very hard to uh, make a decision on behalf of a lot of older residents as well yeah. um, because, you know, there's a big age gap there. So what they think is important is probably not as it probably not a lot is in a line with what I think is super important at the moment. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's, it's about bridging that gap mm. um, and becoming um, very versatile in who I can help yeah. and, and what I can do. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you found like, obviously the, I want to talk about it and it's a good segue into it about being only 26 and being pretty young. It's not something that, the 20 or well, I'm 20 yeah I'm 26 or whatever that most of us would think about doing it was that a sticking point for you was it hard because you know you're looking at you know other kids you know probably finishing uni getting job all those kind of things yeah. working yep 
Was that a bit hard for you, kind of thing, or what would other kids my age think? Or um, not really. It, it, to be honest, it never crossed my mind as far as was it the right thing to do at that point in time. Is it strange for someone of my age to be uh, taking this route and mm. going down there? Um, it it just it always just clicked and felt like I didn't feel different to anyone else going through that process. Yeah. It just I, I just thought it was supposed to be what I was doing, so I was happy to just go about it and not really worry too much about mm. you know anything else that was going on and um again back to the money thing this is, absorbs a lot of time <laughs> for not a lot of money um so it's it's it was more of a personal thing i'm mm. i'm always out trying to to better myself um because at, from a young age i always did laborious jobs that were mm. um they always paid well but it just wasn't enough for me it it didn't give me enough reward to yeah. Um, you know, some people really love building, so they do a, an apprenticeship mm. um, at a, you know, they leave school 17 years old and then by the time they're 21, they're yeah. <laughs> able to go out and work for themselves. So I guess in a way, without thinking about it, I've put myself into my own apprenticeship at yeah. a later age. So yeah, because um, yeah, this is definitely a steep yeah. learning curve. Yeah, oh, 100% <laughs> it could be, especially with the, you know, and it's not anything against the other, I guess, quote unquote, council members, but they are you know, fairly older, yep. and you know, probably the next younger might be Mika or something yeah, like yes, that. Yeah, yes, yes. Like, yep. but still, there's no one in their twenties that's probably in this region really doing it. And it's like what you said; it's not a niche thing to do. It's not something that you know we think about doing straight away in our age. Really, we should be traveling the world or quote unquote doing other things or TikToks, whatever the shit yeah, is. But that's right. It's um, yeah. It, it, you know, it'd be for me and credit to you. I think a lot of people my age and why probably came to ask you to come on here is be like, well, yeah, it's bloody cool. Like <laughs> doing something different that's not, you know, someone's not in the, in their 20s usually yeah. doing. That's that's the thing. It, it, everyone says, you know, it's, it's so crazy that you're doing this. But for me personally, it doesn't feel, mm. there's nothing too strange about yeah. it. It's just that I've taken something on and now I've got to do the best I can to yeah. um, set a good example because hopefully in the next um, years to come, it won't be a weird yeah. thing for everyone. It'll be, you know, there'll be lots of people, yeah. you know, our age and possibly even younger having a go because it's important that uh, we path the way for younger, younger guys mm. and girls to come in and do uh, jobs like this because the, no, like, no offense to the older guys, yeah. but... By the time they've learnt stuff in their younger years and then they get in at 50, 60 years old, yeah. what's relevant to them 40 years ago is not relevant to a young person now. Mm. So I think it's important that we keep it yeah, relevant to the times. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's even stuff that happened, you know, and I learnt when I was a kid mm. that's probably not relevant now and that's only, you know, 15 yeah. years ago. So yeah. it's... Um, yeah, it's ever evolving, so you have to. There's, it, you have to make sure you keep yeah. up. That's the yeah. That's the big thing, I think. But in any career, like, yeah, you know, sure. you've got to be able to be evolving, and you can't be stuck in the same kind of old school way, the way you do things and things yep. like that. Like, I think, yeah, and it's a common topic that's came on this podcast. People like just being stagnant and just waiting and just you know being content and you know just working the same day work every day yep. being okay getting that paycheck each week or yep. being okay with that you know yep. like it's fine for some people but yeah like it's not really making a difference <laughs> it's not really nuanced it's not really moving forward I mean. yeah it's everyone's different in their makeup too and mm. some people are you know you get the 
get the ones that are just you know like you say happy to take a good paycheck um and you know the lucky ones really enjoy that Mm. so they're they're setting themselves up for you know a good retirement you know they're usually they're in those jobs for a long time Mm. and they're you know they have you know job satisfaction and job security and everything else and you know people like us we just you know throw it all to the wind and we don't know what's going to happen when we're 60 we may have a you know a super that you know um helps us out to we're you know 80 90 years old or you know we we might be working (laughs) till we're 90 so yeah it's you got to sort of weigh it up um as far as i'm concerned the uh self-satisfaction out of helping people to me is much Mm. more rewarding than the money side of it but i'm not an accountant or you know and i've Mm. never been good at saving so i've never been interested in money as such so that probably doesn't you know weigh in Mm. much here whereas i know guys that are accountants and stuff like that and um they you know deal with money every day so they you know they enjoy it but Mm. as a personal thing money's just yeah yeah whatever is that something that you're gonna probably have to break down a bit for yourself though being in this role yeah yeah because people that probably hear this will be thinking well you know yeah there's a lot of people that will be entrusting money into the council and it's like you know and it's probably a bit of Oh, not ego, but putting it down. It's like, you know, beginner's mentality. It's like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, I've got to challenge myself on that role yep. and that's even more courageous as well. Well, there's that, you know, I've got to realize that it's much more things important at stake here. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, um, obviously, we deal with big amounts of money and there's budgeting and yeah. all that type of stuff. But I, the good thing is that every four years, mm. there's a possibility that people are going to be, like I say, doing an apprenticeship. So, we have new people come in every mm. four years and they have to be taught as well. So, they... They say the first year you're sort of, you know, weeding stuff out and working out um, and then the next three years you, you implement mm. all the stuff you've learnt. So, we have a really good um, base of staff at the Glenelg Shire. Mm. Um, the guys that are there that do all the funding, um, our CEO, Mr. Greg Burgoyne, yes. he's very, very, very good at his job. Mm. Um, so, he's the one that basically lands the money for all us councillors to, to play with. Yeah. So, um there's a lot of staff there that, that help us out. Um, and, you know, they say to us, oh, you know, you're doing a really good thing for your community, doing all this work, but they're the ones that do all the work. Mm. We're, the, we, we're the ones that go in and cut the, cut the red tape, so to speak. Yeah. They're the ones yeah. that do all the background work. So we're really grateful for those guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a whole team approach, it seems like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What are some of the big, I mean, I mean I'm sure we've touched on and, I mean, even just now that you say it's some of the things that you'd like to probably make a good change in, in our Portland community. I mean, one of the things that I come across as a member of Portland that's been a probably heated topic and you've probably been asked about is the Bridgewater, uh, the, the resort. Yep. Um, has your notions changed of that coming in? What do you think about that from a personal note, if you, if you can speak about it? Like, yep. where, where do you think that sits with you? Um, personally, yeah. um, I... I'm not a huge fan of the idea yep. um, just because we it's it's such a great area and something like that um, I feel would be too big of a step too early. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big risk involved in it not working out and we're left with um, a bit of a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I th- I think things need to happen at Bridgewater, and they and they they will be in in the next couple of years. Like infrastructure wise, yeah, I think yep. Because yep. um, we have the surf life saving um, cops and stuff there, yeah. so that that brings people from far and wide for those. Um, mm. As far as I'm aware, it's state and national yep. events that are held there. So um, there needs to be infrastructure put in to make it a better area, um, so we can complement the you know the beach we have. So um yeah i I just think personally um it's it's not a good step Mm. um a lot of people are for it because you know we want to advocate for jobs Mm. and things like that in the shire but for me personally everyone has their own view on how these things work and that's the point of why we have seven people that are you know try to have them all different yeah Yeah, it's silly that we have you know two people trying to run the country and go for it yeah that's right yeah um but yeah it's it's good that everyone has a differing opinion on that. Mm. Some people are for it. Some people are against it. Um, a lot of the people that are for it, you know, it's all about the jobs and the money and that sort of thing. But um, on a moral ground for me, it just sort of doesn't feel right. So, mm. But everyone's entitled to their own opinion on yeah. that one. Yeah. And you mentioned it before, how you feel that... Well, there definitely is, I see it, and anyone would be silly not to know that they don't see it. There's a population out there who thinks, yep, straight away jobs and stuff. Do you think a lot of that fear comes from the possibility of the smelter closing down? I, th- I think so. Some of it, some of it would. Um, admittedly, a lot of people out at Bridgewater wouldn't have a direct connection yeah, with the smelter, smelter as far as I believe. Um, but I think everyone in the back of their mind at some point has worried about that. Um, it's a... It's just all we've known for so long. Yeah. So it would be, it's a big change if something does happen in that regard. Um, so it'll be, that'll be a big thing in supporting mm. the people that, um, the fallout from that. But I have pretty high hopes that something good will come out of it. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a reliable business. So yeah. I think, you know, we need to support Australian manufacturing. Mm. So it'd yeah. be good to keep it alive. Yeah, I, th- I think that with the popular, again, personal opinion, the population within Portland is that, you know, we've got this such emotional attachment with Bridgewater and how beautiful it is and our landscape is. I think we underestimate it a bit mm-hmm. and our area. And there's also this funny conundrum with our industrial side that's probably not looking too great, if yep. we, i.e. the smelter. So it's like the weighing up of the, the two yeah. the two things. Then like you've got this amazing emotional attachment and then you got this big industry in the smelter and you think, well, shit, I want... Portland a boom I don't want it to fizzle out so yeah I think people's are getting a bit pulled each way I think yeah, yeah. it's it's really hard with Portland too because we want it to grow but a lot of people don't realize that out that way we've got all ocean so we can't build that way <laughs> yeah. and then out that way we've got pine forest so we can't mm. go that way either so there's only a select area that we can grow into mm. um, it would be good for Portland to grow mm. um, into a bigger population um, but if that never happens, we still have a wonderful area to try and maximize what we have already mm. rather than try and ask for more, more, more. Yep. Um, if that never happens, well, we've got so much to put on mm. display for, you know, the rest of the world. So, yeah, um, it's, there's always a plan B. Yeah. Yeah. And maximize what we do have yeah. at the moment. Yeah. As in, you know, the tourism side of things, fishing and things yeah, like all that, that sort of mean. stuff. A lot of those guys need help at the moment. Um, and, you know, I have older guys say to me, oh, you should have seen, you know, this in the 70s or that in the mm. 70s. Um, 
and a lot of people say it's because of um you know things have gotten quiet here or mm-hmm. you know people sort of aren't buying local enough anymore but it's just the transition the world mm-hmm. has gone into and we've evolved to a point where this is it's no one particular person or demographics issue it's just what's happened and mm. what's snowballed into um you know basically the internet mm. yeah and there's possibly an argument yeah there's possibly an argument where um your portland there's this uh these bridging gaps you know that they don't want to i don't want to generalize things but there's you know a bridging gap between like 40 or 50 or 60 70 year olds that have yep. worked at the smelter for so long yep and then it's kind of funny it's almost this passing of the torch kind of this bridge and the gap where yep. we're going along with it's not like it, what it was in the 70s 80s or 90s or whatever it's yep. it's completely different age and there's kind of this forced progression within the portland community to kind of sort that out yep. i think if that makes sense yeah yeah um it's it's a weird one like i, I look at old photos i think most people look oh. at old photos and go you know i wish it was like this still hmm. um we all do that, yeah. Yeah, but you, you ask a lot of people and in, in certain areas they would say, you know, I'm glad it's not like that anymore. Um, mm. You know, it may have been a beautiful area, but the living conditions may not have been as good as what mm. we have now. So, humans are just nostalgic in their nature. No mm. matter what happens, everyone, you know, always looks back and, you know, is some things in your mind, you know, may feel better than they actually were mm. um, looking back on memories and things like that. So... I think to a point we have to honour that nostalgia that, mm. you know, is all built into us, but we also need to move forward as well. Mm. Um, it's it's just the thing now that everything's becoming a bit less personalised. Mm. Um, you know, everything's just grown to the point where um, the median average of, you know, money in a household is higher. So everything's growing. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, to me, it just feels like everything's becoming monetized. Yeah. Um, and that's just how the world's turning out. Yeah. Um, like we don't make many things in Australia anymore. And that's one thing I really want to advocate for. Yeah. And that's, I mean, at this level, that's really hard. But that's something I keep in the back of my mind um, mm. that I ever get the opportunity to talk about that that would be one thing that I would, you know, be right up into it. So, yeah. Do you think people will buy Australian more now that everything's happened with COVID? And, th- or th- you'd like to? Like, wh- yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, um, I was just like everyone else. I, I wouldn't read too far into where things were made or, you know, you go down the supermarket, yep, do the shopping. But mm. now I'm consciously looking yeah. on the back, you know, and that's really good that the average person is doing that now um, and, you know, saying, you know, it's got this many, uh, this much percentage is Australian mm. made. Um, it's fully Australian made. It's Australian owned. So, there's... There's a long way to go in um, making that viable. Mm. Um, I think that Australians have it very easy in the way that what the government offers for not working versus mm. the minimum wage is very close. Yep. Um, so it's 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 not. I wouldn't say it's it doesn't drive people to take a minimum wage job to go out and earn money. Mm. Um, and we need those minimum minimum wage workers to you know um keep things going like they're you know there's manufacturing is a good one like the smelter for instance Mm. there's a lot of unskilled labor out there so that Mm. gets a lot of people um off the dole and into a job Mm. um but because there's not really much manufacturing in australia Mm. anymore all those unskilled labor jobs are mostly gone um Mm. so 
it's it's becoming harder and harder. We're, mm. we're doing it to ourselves, but how, that's just how it is. How you know in in regards to kind of work wise and keeping people on and more opportunities. Um, how do you see the situation of you know I've seen it a lot. Don't know if you would have definitely seen it <laughs> um, about young people kind of leaving Portland and kind of not really this big notion of coming back. Yep. Like it's kind of like in our experience, I don't want to put on footy. It's like trying to get boys back to play at Portland is the hardest thing they've moved away. Like it's like moving, it's like moving a piano up to a top floor or something. It's yep. the hardest thing ever. Do you think more opportunities can lead to making Portland more attractive? Or do you think it's something else? Um. I think it's it's always been like before before my time it was always young people would head off and go to university and mm. all that sort of thing. Um a lot would come back but I think less are coming back because there's so much like you say more opportunity in the mm. city to live the life that they want. Mm. Um but you talk to people in their 30s and 40s that aren't much older than us, mm. but have been and moved away and come back. A lot of those guys say, "No, we really like it here." Yeah, um, I think it comes down to what you want out of your job, like what we we're talking about before. Whether you mm. want, you know, money or um, something else. Mm. There's a lot of it's a lot of difference in the way of life. Like I've only lived here my whole life, so that's easy for me to say. Yeah. Every time I go to the city, I can handle it for like a day, and then <laughs> yeah, you know, when, I get, a lot of when I get home, I'm just like, yeah. you know, that's. Um, so much different, but some people like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it attracts them. Um, but at the end of the day, you can have all the jobs in the world mm. and, you know, you still can't make some people stay. So, mm. um, it, it, it does come down to jobs a little bit. Yeah. Um, but to compensate for all these crazy new, uh, courses that they offer now, yeah. you can, you can pretty much do anything you want. Yeah. It's broadened. It's definitely broadened. Yeah. And I think even more importantly, it's just more in, it's just, you know, the broader perspective, not just bringing younger people back to Portland, as long as they're re-contributing back to the economy, as long as they leave here with a good set of education, which most of them people do, and two great schools, and they leave and get university degree or apprenticeship, you know, that's wherever it is, I think that's all that Portland people would probably want. Yeah, so that's they bring right. it back to the Australian, I guess, economy. Yeah, so um, it's always, that's one thing I've heard in the last, you know, I haven't even been in this, job for two months yet and the main word i hear is you know jo more jobs more jobs mm. more jobs and obviously connected to jobs is you know more people so more houses yeah uh, more money in the economy so uh it, it's really hard um i've i've got to get out and go to some of the other communities in the shire as well because yeah. it's yeah we all go yeah portland 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 but it's mm. bigger than that yeah. so i'd like to know the feeling and um what's going on every everywhere else is um obviously agriculture based mm. um being more inland so um that usually ticks that box but you yeah know, for someone of my age that's lived here my whole life there's definitely opportunities to learn what the rest of the shire uh needs and is is about so that was you know that was one big big thing for me was to to get out and help or at least listen. People, people don't necessarily want you to fix their problem, but they want yeah, you to listen. Yeah, they just want to be heard. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's general. You know, people just want to be able to give the opportunity to be heard and that's all they want. Whether you do nothing, yeah, with, instead of feeling like they, they've got no voice, yep. it's just that they get the opportunity at least they say something. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, at the at the Glenelg Shire, they have, you know, a big policy about 
don't just say no give a mm. reason yeah. yeah if someone comes to us and and wants something done and it can't be done or it doesn't make sense we have to say no mm. but give them a reason as to why yeah um just because you know people deserve uh, an explanation yeah uh, it's easy to say no but that's there's no human connection in no yeah <laughs> um, no opportunity in no so yeah exactly right now you talked about before you know try to focusing on on what we have as a shire what are some of the things that you think could be capitalized as big growth or whatever is a good tool for the shire to, and a strength um in the future and that could be utilized what do you see obviously our tourism has always been a good one mm. uh that's that's always been there and it's naturally there so it can't exactly just you know disappear in <laughs> yeah. so that's always a really good one um i'd say that it comes it comes back to the population thing all the time it's all the councillors before me that i've spoken to mm. said we just have this issue and it always comes back to population no matter what what it yeah. is but um and that comes back to money as well like we, we have a lot of roads in our area um so that's a thing that i would like to work on um, yeah, that doesn't get fixed and that doesn't necessarily bring a lot of people in but it makes the people that we have happier mm. um i'm more about maintaining what we have mm. um because there's seven of us everyone has their own um agenda that they would like to to yeah. go for so if i focus on maintaining what we have and growing where it's suitable mm. um i feel that some of the other guys will focus more on um, some of the other bigger things yeah um, especially with my age too i try not to to comment too much on what i think's right mm. i don't think i'm in um i don't think i have the right yet to yeah. say yeah. that sort of stuff um i i like to be a good listener mm. um, and achieve in the background rather yeah. than be big and shouty and say this <laughs> is what i'm gonna do and yeah um and that was really hard with the campaign too is because people are saying mm. you know you need to offer more about you know things you're going to do and not do and what you're for mm. and not for and, yeah um the is thing that is something that, they, that you're probably gonna have to work on though because like yeah yeah for sure it's like if you're on the council's kind of what you yeah like everyone would be like oh that's what he's kind of paid to do is make yeah, those yeah. decisions yep. and move forward yeah is it just for now that you think you're just going to listen and see what there is yeah and be so, a bit open-minded and then make the call on things yeah, like that so obviously tourism's a massive thing and yeah i think most portlanders would definitely agree with that yeah but, definitely yeah, is, is there anything else um, that like? Obviously, we need to to keep the smelter, um, even if it's just to bridge the gap before something else. Mm. But we're just not quite at the point yet where we've found a replacement, mm. and it's going like, to back to the manufacturing the port... thing. It's going to be really hard yeah. to find a replacement for that many jobs. Yeah. If if that happens, great. But if it doesn't, we need to keep it there until we nut it out and get to the point where. Mm we have a, an exit strategy for that because I don't think we have one yet yeah. that's good enough to uh, withstand the fallout mm. from that. Um, but we still have the port and we still have forestry yeah. and all those other things. So we have a lot of good industry around here. We're pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, same thing with, with COVID. It, was, it never really affected us too much to the point mm. where we were um, closing shops yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It never goes too crazy in Portland. We sort of have a pretty level base um, and I'm assuming the rest of the Shire is probably the same. Mm. Um, you know, we're pretty safe here. We don't have natural disasters yeah. or, you know, droughts or, you know, all that sort of stuff. So we're, we're a bit protected when it comes to 
all the mm. negatives, but sometimes the opposite effect of the really high positives as well. Yeah. We um, sort of been out of the way, so to speak. That's yeah. that's another thing I keep hearing is you know people say, oh, we're out of the way here. We're not yeah. in town like um, Warnable or yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so. there's kind of got to be and that pull to kind of get that extra hour and make people come kind yep. of thing. Like yep. if you want that to happen and it's about finding that or making it more appealing with what we have. Mm. And I, I agree with that. Yep. Um, how much of a pull does the shy have that if the, I don't know, like with the influence of the smelter, like yep. can how much of a partnership or connection is there with that? Yeah, there's a, so I know that our CEO um, is talking to ministers and you know, people like that all the time to advocate for this. Uh, same with the mayor. Yeah. Um, so they have a, a good community-based um, relationship uh, and everyone knows how much money the smelter has put into into mm. Portland um, and they still do. It's a little bit less known now Yeah. Um, where they put their money into their community projects, but there's a lot of things in this town that wouldn't be here without that smelter, mm. um, whether it be the just the rates alone each year that they get charged that goes back into our economy um and like i said let alone the money that they've contributed or given away to projects um in the shire yeah what projects would you like to be kind of seen in the shire again like or focused on like is there anything for youth or like young people that you think yeah absolutely look i'm old at heart so it's really difficult (laughs) for me to to say this is what I would like to do for young people but I urge young people to come to me and say yeah. this is what I, I think I need this is what me and my friends would like because mm. um, you know I'm 26 but I'm in a role where the median age is you know 40 40s, so yeah. it's it's um, you know you try to be I guess quite central um, and you know let the people make the decision so to yeah. speak not the total decision but ideas um some yeah. of the best ideas come from people that aren't even in the field of um you know, making them. Yeah. so it's it's important that people reach out to me and you know give me their opinion on mm. what they think they need um we've got good things happening down at the um down at the marina and along the foreshore mm. that's all going to be a youth precinct so yeah um you know, there's there's definitely good people in the council um, that come up with ideas too and feed them out to us. Yeah. Um, but it it's it's good to work with um, you know people like yourself that work in those types of roles too <laughs> because they see the other side of it where um, you know whether it's youth or other people mm. in a vulnerable position mm. um, that's usually when the most important information comes out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's important that we all work together to get all this stuff done. But yeah, youth's definitely definitely an important play. That's why I have such a, a heavy weight to carry on my shoulders that <laughs> I do this right so that other young people before me get a chance as well. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Like, um, I think, yeah, I guess the, the, the issues with youth and teens or just young people in Portland, yep. it's not too dissimilar it's pretty yep. much the same as yep. all the way in australia like yep. mental health and things like that and the lack of opportunities and job yep. opportunities and things yeah. like that which is i guess pretty transparent for, yep. for for the rest of australia yeah definitely yeah. so it it is becoming harder for young people um the big thing is i don't think we're we're still educating kids yep. for a time that was 
50, 60 years ago. Mm. We're not educating kids for now. Yeah. Um, it's slowly evolving. Mm. But I think I think the the way that we teach teach our children and um, work together with even other humans, like humanity has changed massively yeah. in the last, you know, 40 years as well. So it's it's all an evolvement and just we all just have to look after each other that's the main thing <laughs> yeah. um and you know we just need to make sure that the people that have you know like you talk about it's harder for you know young people to get jobs and and it is because mm. a lot of these people ask um you know of of us you know younger people to have you know 30 years life experience mm. and job experience at 20 yeah so that's it's impossible so there needs to be uh a bit more of a relaxed i guess give somebody a chance you know and just see what happens yeah um but the way rules are and everything now it's so hard because if it falls back on you you pay for it so it's just the way that humanity has evolved so and i think yeah there's definitely a big pressure with young people to kind Mm -hmm. of live this notion and this story of you know, finish year 12 or finish year 10 or 11, go get an apprenticeship or go to uni straight away. And then this narrative of you go finish uni, you go get a job. Like, I think that that in itself is a bit burdening with some of the youth and the teens that I've worked with yep. um, who may not be the most well-educated or come from the most places with opportunities as well. So, yep. you know, they're probably fed this notion that they have to do that, but then they're already five steps behind at school. And especially in our demographic where we do have parts of the low SES and low socioeconomic status is that there's a lot of people that are falling in the gaps mm-hmm. and especially the young people and they don't know anything else different. Yeah. And I think a lot of that does start with the narrative of, you know, that you probably got fed at school and, mm-hmm. you know, go go to uni, get a job, go make some money kind of thing instead of, oh, I think it's a little bit now, but I think around here, it's, there's a strong notion of this narrative of doing that and, mm-hmm. you know, go make some money, go to uni kind of thing. Yeah, I, this, the funny thing is I, I'm a bit of an exception to that rule because yeah. I I was a VCAL kid mm. um, purely because I didn't know what I wanted to do and mm. even now I still don't, Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I did VCAL year 10, 11 and 12, yeah. um, did a school-based apprenticeship uh, with a business and still after school didn't know what I wanted to do. So, I've gone in and out of different labor jobs. Mm. Um, basically, as I as they came and gone, um, and what I basically I drove which way I wanted to go. Mm. Um, so now that I'm in this position, uh, it's it's quite odd that it's happened. But yeah, it's a good it's a good way to show kids that just because you choose to go a certain way, whether yeah. that be um, university or not it doesn't really dictate nowadays mm. where you go and how you get there there's yeah. always it might be long but there's always a way to get there yeah um so yeah i think there's a lot of pressure on kids to do um the best they can mm. um but i think sometimes that hin- that's hindered by too much pressure yep uh, you would have heard stories of uh young kids um you know even guys finishing year 12 so you know they uh feel you know basically they're getting anxiety and things mm. like that just from yeah. you know an exam that's only for you know basically you know a month of their yeah. life you know and then yeah. it's just a blip after but that yeah the but thing it's is, so hyped up oh yeah it's so hyped up and their scope is so small mm. like 
these kids have only got you know really home and school and a few friends they haven't gone to uni they haven't gone and see these other things they haven't yep. had these other experiences so it's very hard to pull them away from that yep. narrative that is mm. driven into them i think for yep. most i don't know i could be just in a different bubble but i yep. definitely think it's out there for these kids and yeah, yeah. that they're given this narrative that you know you've got to go to uni and this pressure of this one score and when really it's like it doesn't you know like people like you and even me, like I fucked around. Like yeah, yeah. I, I changed degree, degrees and I swapped courses and stuff like that. That you know, there's got to be this narrative that it's going to be okay, and then there's other opportunities like that. Yep. Yeah. I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, worry in you know not just young people but all people that um, it's just not going to work out. Like mm. you have to be you have to be play yeah. it safe and 100%. go a certain direction and that's how someone before me did it. So that's yeah. how I know that that works. So that's yeah. what I'm going to do. Um, whereas for me, I'm just a little bit blase about it and yeah. I know that no matter what I do, it will be okay. Mm. Um, but I'm lucky that that's the mentality that I've sort of grown for myself whereas mm. I feel really bad for the, you know, the people that are complete opposite yeah. of that where they feel that they can't step out of their... Um, job or daily life that yeah. you know they hate they absolutely hate yeah um and they can't do that whether that's young people or you know mm. someone like when i was out at, out at the smelter there was guys there that have been there 40 years and they're now you know mm. close to you know 60 years old well, even past yeah and they hate their job every day yeah. they hate their job so i couldn't think of anything worse than that that must be so degrading personally yeah. um but you know they might be in a financial position where they need to so it's 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 very odd that I've ended up in this position, but I I want to use the I guess the the attitudes that I have to mm. try and help out as many people broadly as I can with yeah. you know especially stuff like that because um, yeah. like we've discussed it doesn't matter whether you go to uni or not yeah um, you can always study later um, especially for people that don't know what they want to do mm. um, like myself. So, like, there's got to be something for those people to try. Is that like, what yeah, you mean? yeah? So, just go out and have a go at pretty much anything. You know, a lot of times the job that you end up with early on isn't the one that you want to do, but <laughs> yeah. there's always repercussions for later on. Yeah. You know, whether it's, um, you know, a really good referee. Yeah. Or, you know, just something to put on your resume. Yeah. So, it, I really encourage, you know, young yeah. people or, you know, anyone, if you're just going to, just go out and do it. Yeah, 100%. Um, the, the hardest bit's getting started. Yeah. And, and yeah, you definitely network along the way. Like I've definitely found out it's about some people that you know and putting yourself out there and making good friendships and not friendships, just professional networks that get to a, a foot in many different doors. Yeah, absolutely. I think. And it's yep. just, yeah, exactly like you said, getting started. What are some of the things that you love the most about the Portland community itself? I mean, I definitely appreciated it a lot more when I came back. Yep. and got a job here and thought this is you know it's good here you know, it's beautiful look at today and yep. you know it's a good community you can walk down and we're pretty pack mentality like that here yeah <laughs> like you say g'day you can stop to people and chat to people wherever and whatnot and obviously landscape what's some of the things that you love about Portland oh and the Glenelg Shire as well I'd say the, the Shire as a whole it's it's because it's it's still kept its minority type feel mm. Um, like you say, you can go down the street, see someone you know, you stop and talk to them. Um, and that's all I've grown up with. So that's all I know. But I find that a lot more comfortable than, uh, say, living in the city where you don't know anyone. Mm. Um, but it just has it just has a homely feel. And I, I get that from a lot of people that have just moved here too. They comment on the fact that they really like it here mm. coming from somewhere much bigger. 
um, obviously we don't offer all the things that you know big like back to the jobs thing but um, yeah the fact it has a homely feel um, we all look after each other we have the mm. the problems that every you know township um, or shire has so yeah. we have our have our issues like everybody else but I think we're pretty lucky in the natural resources um, and natural beauties that we have and I'm a stickler for that I take it for granted every day yeah. you know I think going down to the beach is like yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah. but, you know you get someone that lives um, you know in Melbourne where they've got to drive an yeah. hour just to go to the beach when it's a 40 degree day so I'm definitely going to miss that yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's definitely the natural landscape and a way if we could put that on a bigger scale would be great. Do you think there's a possibility now talking about wonderful and proud Indigenous community in the Bujbim uh, tourism, do you think that could be placed on a bigger scale in for the Glenelg Shire and a bigger voice and soundboard I there? Think, I think we do a very good job yeah. of uh, projecting that already. It can never be big enough. There always needs to be more. Yeah. Um, but getting that... Um, listed as a world heritage, heritage that yeah. all that stuff is a step in the right direction so um, we do have things here that no one else has yeah but the big thing is i think tying in with other shires as well so um you know people if they want to go visit halls gap halls gap has things we don't have mm. but we have things halls gap doesn't have so you know people come down and travel through so mm. we need to make that as part of a i guess a you know a road to um, travel from somewhere else to here and then back out again. Mm. We need to make ourselves, you know, we need to have a partnership there that includes us in other people's plans as well. Yeah, we've definitely got a unique landscape, I think, Mm. in Portland. Like, we've got the beach there and obviously Cape Nelson and that area of Bridgewater. Then we've almost got, like, the Kabobini and places like that for mountain bike riding, like, all that kind of stuff where it's like you kind of got the inland on the beach very quickly. I mean, it's very beautiful in its own different way. Yep. Yeah, and so much to do for people. And I think that's a place come from Portland, Portland Dur that we can put yep. on a bigger scale, yep. not just probably the fishing ads, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a great thing, but you yeah. know what I mean? And obviously yeah. that pulls a lot of money, but yeah, people are going to want to have to camp and stay here and things like that. Yeah, there's, there's more uh, going into that at the moment. Obviously, the, the ads on TV and stuff at mm. the moment. So that's post-COVID trying to to wind all that up and um, basically get going with normal life again mm. um, and pull those people in early on. So, um, obviously, we have a pretty good base on the holiday times. Yep. Um, you know, you drive around near Christmas and everyone's swearing at each other. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there's that. always a lot of people here mm. during holiday time. So, they know that it's good here. Yep. Um, it's just we need to make it a little bit more consistent, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's that's really hard because a lot of people have kids, so they can't just come down, you yeah. know, four hours from Melbourne or six hours from Adelaide just to travel to Portland. But, mm. um, yeah, during the holiday times, we definitely do very well. Yeah. And, that, and you're exactly, like, that's a good thing to point out is that we're right in the middle, kind mm. of, of Adelaide, Melbourne kind of thing. Like, we're only four, four and a half hours from Melbourne and Adelaide's, like, six hours, yep. which you do find a lot of South Australians kind of, skipping the border and coming over and having a holiday here yeah now in in regards to covid what were some of the biggest difficulties that you found within our community during it i mean was it was it was there much precisely that you found difficult during it or was there anything that came to your like came to your attention during it as as you gained council position yeah look a a lot of it was 
we're lucky here. We didn't suffer too much. Mm. Um, there was obviously a lot of angst in the community as far as what was going to happen. Um, you know, I left the smelter in March and started my own business yeah. during COVID purely because I thought, well, if it's going to work now, it's going to work anytime. So yeah. I pushed through with that and I've had good support from um, everyone in the Shire. Um, so it's we're really lucky down here. Like I said, we don't get the peaks that other places get, but we don't get the the absolute fall mm. that other places yeah. get. Like I think on the Great Ocean Road, it was some... Mm crazy amount like 95 percent of the shops were closed yeah purely because there was no of none of that travel they're, they're yeah. based on 100 percent tourism basically whereas yeah. where we have a, a lot sort of broader range mm. of um, so you're saying because the smelt the smelter was trying the smelter got through it and those big yeah, yeah. industries yep. got through it made yep. portland okay yeah absolutely yeah. and because we don't have that same thing with the travel because we were out of the way we didn't have a lot of people coming and going yeah <laughs> so that didn't really bump our cases up or anything like that and create you know create mm. a lot more stress on you know places mm. needing to shut mm. um so people that could stay open or were happy to stay open definitely mm. did um so it, we definitely weren't as as probably harder hit as a lot of other places yep. um but obviously it was stressful within the community but yeah, I think as a whole we did very well. Yeah, uh, but obviously all this campaign stuff was sort of post us having any cases in the show. Yeah. So it was sort of everyone had not mm. forgotten about it, but everyone was over it, and mm. um, everyone was back to thinking positively and let's move on yeah. from this. So, so it was really yeah. good. So the campaign kind of started after the twelve or thirteen cases. Yeah, that came was, about. Yeah, that was that was after that. So. What do you think about that? Were you panicky about that for the um, community? Because you, I guess you would have been thinking about running, but yeah, I, kind of. I guess because twelve cases in Portland is quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. and one death, which is horrible. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's never a good thing, um, but as a smaller community, we all you know band together and mm. and do the right thing. Yeah. Um, it was it was such a strange time because. It was something new. So there was, mm. you know, you had one one group of people that say, you know, this is really bad. There's people dying from this. And then you have another group of people that say it's not that bad. You know, they're making it up. And then you've got people in between. So it was such a, a crazy time as mm. far as what's right, what's wrong, what do we need to do from here? Mm. Um, and obviously we saw how it was handled and a lot of people scrutinized um, the, the state government, government yeah. for the way they handled it. But... You've only got to look overseas and see what's happening over there. Yeah. And, you know, admittedly, our population is a lot lower and we're a lot more spread out, mm. um, you know. So, it's 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 different. But, yeah, I, th- I think we've all come out of it pretty good. Yeah. Mm. I agree that Portland as a community, we did, like, pretty well. I think we banded together pretty well, hit the nail on the head and yeah. working at the hospital, seeing the amount of cars and people that were getting tested. I mean, on that town response thing it was great and yep. we quickly hit the nail on the head with those cases and in that second wave and now you know we're, la- we're laughing fingers crossed knock on wood but mm. um and like little things like i saw it was a 
maybe Rick's Pizza or businesses just putting their hand up and saying, look, I think they could open. Look, anyone correct me if I'm wrong, but they could open, but they just decide to shut yep. in anyways and not do takeaways and not do anything yep. for a couple of weeks or three weeks. Yep. And that, that's yep. the, the community spirit that I think I love too and yeah, partly yep. important all of that. Yep. Yeah, so that that was would have been a hard decision for a lot of people. Admittedly, there would have been some people that, um, financially just could not do it. Mm. They just couldn't afford to shut. Um, so that would have been a difficult time for them knowing that, you know, if they have families, there's, there is a possibility that they could come home with it yeah. um, and, you know, affect their loved ones. So that, that would have been a very um, stressful time for those guys. But then you have, you know, like you say, the other businesses that were able to shut um, and, you know, that lessened our risk, which mm. is really good on their, their behalf um, whether it was from same sort of worry to you know possibly doing some sort of harm to their families or their loved ones, or whether it was purely for the community, it doesn't doesn't really matter. It was yeah. a, a good um, a good initiative. Um, so yeah, here we are on the other side, and yeah. we unfortunately did have obviously had that mm. had a death, but um, it could have been a lot worse, not just for us, but you know the whole of Victoria. Mm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Now, um, is there anything that's kind of been, I mean, future plans for the Portland community affected by COVID? Like the things that you've got, guys have kind of made the call and said, oh, well, not you guys have made the council made the call on, but yeah. things that could have been really great for the Portland community that's kind of had to be toned down a bit. Yeah. So, a lot of the stuff that is already in the works came before me. Mm. So. Okay. Then yeah. Yeah. Fortunately for me, I've come into a council at a time where previous councils have worked really hard and advocated for money where you know i'm going to walk out and say you know look what we've done we've done all this great work and give the community these great projects but that all happened in a time prior to me the only one is the um a lot of people have been wanting green bins Mm. Um, we're sort of the only shire in the area that doesn't do green bins um that was that was ready to be uh, heavily looked into mm. to try and get that ball rolling. And then when COVID came in, that sort of got stopped. Mm. Um, but now it's on a roll again. So that was probably the only only one that really got held up that I know about. Yeah. Um, previous councillors and stuff may have confidential information in regards to other yeah. things, but we're sort of, you know, coming in after the fact um, and just pretty much working with what we have. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in in the roads, so obviously it's probably been talked about yep. flat out. Is there much that you can kind of share about? I mean, you know, if we want more people to come here, we've got... Yep. The, like, I didn't want to talk about it earlier with Bridgewater. Like, if we did, say, get that... My biggest thing is that if we did get that resort and mm-hmm. if it did happen, yep. from my perspective, the yep. roads would have to be... Like, that is a yeah, very yeah, windy absolutely. road out to Bridgewater and yep. there'd be a lot of money and a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of have to wait up on that scale if yep. it's worth it. Yep. And with all that work, where does it, and then coming back, where does that, does that kind of sit? Do you get poked and prodded a lot about that? I imagine you would. And where's that kind of sit at the moment for the whole Southwest Glenelg Chai region? Um, for roads in particular? Yeah. <laughs> so we get, we get a lot of good funding for roads. It's, it's hard because many of the roads are owned by Vic Roads. Mm-hmm not by the Shire. So yeah. we're actually physically um, can't do anything with those roads. We can probably advocate mm. to have them, you know, and annoy them into, you know, fixing them up for us. But 
I'll talk about Portland in particular. Mm. Um, when you're coming in um, on the you know double lanes there coming into yeah. town, anything outside Garden Street heading out of town is Vic Road. Mm. Um, so only from Garden Street forwards is Shire Road. Okay, so then. yeah, we have a lot of issues with roads breaking up and things like that, and it's. It's if it's not our road, it's really hard to get the ball rolling on that. We sort of mm. have to wear it, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but Vic Road is a much bigger entity than what Portland is. So, do you get answers why that was kind? Of, it's kind of held up, or not really? N- not really. Like we, the ones that we do, um, they get put on a, a list on a um, sort of a matrix, and we work mm. out, um, you know, what's most important, and that's when you see the. Um, you know, the cables across the road and, you know, mm. that's counting how many cars come and go and, you know, then it, it gets put into a feasibility study and, um, yeah. you know, do we need to upgrade this road, blah, blah, blah. So um, our weather holds us back here a lot mm. and the geographical conditions of basically our um, road base, yep. um, like you only got to drive out the other side of Nelson and where it starts turning into limestone, Mount Gambier area, mm. their roads never break up because... There's no, I guess, breakdown in yep. their road base. So we have a lot of issues here that a lot of other places don't see. So that's, it's always a, a downer on the area because, you know, basically we we got what we're given, um, and there needs to be more research into how we can build roads for a longer time mm-hmm. um, rather than just a eighteen month fix and then we have to go back and you know patch it up again. So there's it's it's really it's it's big juggling act basically yeah for sure and i guess probably um another thing is that well haywood and what do you see there's a lot of possibilities there for haywood i mean it kind of doesn't get really talked about because we've got portland in in glenelgshire and and haywood they're only 10 15 minutes down the road and Mm -hmm. they're thinking oh where's kind of where our voice and yeah yeah, for sure where do we all go with that but um, do you think there's a lot of possibilities there for the Haywood community and working together and in growing in in, in a sense? And because they're you know not far from a lot of things out there, so do you think there's a lot of possibility for a partnership there and some growth in the Haywood community? Yeah, absolutely. Poor old Haywood's missed out. Yeah. Um, in the last you know few years because they probably haven't had a, a really strong mm. um advocator from Haywood. Yeah. Um, but now they're lucky enough to have Scotty Martin, mm. so he's He's very um, persistent for Haywood, so and that's really good to see. So um, I think good things will happen. Yeah, um, it does. Haywood deserves you know just as much money as Port. Just you know every as far as I'm concerned, everywhere yeah, sh- should have try. equal yeah. opportunities to have projects done. It shouldn't just be Portland, Portland, Portland yeah. all the time. But admittedly, that's what people come to see. But there needs to be some fairness in that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Is this something that you? take even further down the track like being on the count like not i'm not saying politics per se but mayor yep. or something bigger or are you taking each step as it comes yeah i remember um like back to when i was campaigning people would ask me oh you know are you, do you really want to get in or do you not want to get in does it worry you and you know i was pretty blase because not much really sets me off so i was just like you know whatever happens i don't yeah. really care um yeah, I'd like to get in, but if I don't, I won't be heartbroken. I'll go about, you know, things that I'm doing in next four years, I'll have another go. Yeah. So, And I thought that was that was the plan um, until we had our first meeting and 
we had to we well, we didn't have to we got the opportunity to stand up and speak and thank those that got us to where we are um you know the voters and family mm. and people that supported us um so i stood up and went to went to speak and about three words into you know i had this big thing about how i was going to thank everybody that helped me get to where i wanted to be and about three words in i started to well up <laughs> and so i had to cut that short and you know i sat back down and i had this realization of you know maybe this is what you're supposed to do you know mm. you don't you don't know it um consciously but you know to have that sort of effect on me and i'm not someone that's super emotional all the time so mm. for that to happen i was a little bit blown away and thought well maybe this is what you're supposed to do so i'll just take it as it comes but if i grow into it like i feel i want to mm. um there could be something you know further on but like i said this is the apprenticeship so you know <laughs> the first the first year is pretty much all just you know like a sponge just soak it all up yeah yeah i could sure you get you know you probably get asked that all the time or get people pull you up and have all different suggestions so how do you, do you how do you look after yourself mate like um I'm, and it'd be a critical job as well i'd imagine yeah, i could be wrong but yeah, yeah how do you look after yourself it, it depends too on how you approach it um every everyone went about it differently and because i was very broad i haven't really had a lot of input about this is you know i want this and i want this now mm. um people sort of have given me space to do what I need to do without, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been in there before um, that people have probably dealt with. So they probably, you know, would go straight to them um, and say, you know, help me out with this. Yep. Um, the Shire does a good job of answering all those inquiries before we actually have to. We're like a, um, a backup. Okay. If, if, for instance, you had an issue and you wanted something done about it, you'd um, come to me and I would say, have you spoken to someone at the council? Um, and then, you know, they would sort it out. And most of the times that works. Yeah. And I don't have to follow that up a second time because someone's not happy with the answer. So a lot of people don't realize that that's actually how that works. Yeah. But um, I think in this sort of role, um, most of us are more critical on ourselves than what people are yeah. of us. Um, just because you feel there's a bit of pressure that you've been put in there by other people, you know, by the, the community yeah. has basically said, we think you're right for the job. This is like being hired all over again, you know? So you have to remember that when every day I'm in there that um, I'm making sure that I'm doing and, you know, looking after the community. Mm. Um, doesn't really matter what, at the end of the day, what I think about something, if it's not right or it yeah. is right for the community, is that um, hard? Is that hard not to put those biases aside? Not really. Yeah. For me, that's that's really easy because I guess part of this is that I wanted to do it to help other people. So yep. um, I never really feel that put out by anything. I just adapt to what's new and then we go with that. So mm. that's I've, that's sort of been easy for me to take on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No worries. Well, Jaden, I want to thank you for giving up your time. Oh, I've had a lovely conversation with you. I better let you go, mate. No uh, was there anything else you want to say or anyone to say thank you to or anything else like that um yeah probably yeah thank you f to everyone that's put <laughs> me in this position since i didn't get the opportunity the other day yeah. um there's you know a lot of people behind the scenes that um supported me um and basically you know told me this is what i should do mm. um because like anyone i had self-doubts and you know still get them now and i'm in here so 
um, yeah, thank you to all those that helped and, you know, thank you to people like you that give me the opportunity to um, voice, you know, what I'm all about. So. Yeah, that's all right, mate. Thank you. I think um, the, I guess the future, I mean, more so of the Portland communities are hopefully in some good hands, mate, and it seems like you've got some great ideas and, you know, just that whole notion of, you know, for younger people to just take a chance and, you know, take a risk and whatever, go with it. Yeah, it's great, Get mate. out there and do it. Yeah, and everyone, that's for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks, mate. I appreciate you giving up your time. Really, really do appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, Thanks Pat. Cheers, mate. How about that for an episode, guys? I hope you all really enjoyed that one. Quick shout out to my man, Michael Peters, the man behind the camera, and also big, big love to 3RPC for allowing us to utilize the studio space. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. So big thank you. Please make sure you all follow at a chat with Pat on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast via Spotify and iTunes and please don't be afraid to leave a review. We are open to all feedback to make this as good as possible for all our listeners. Stay safe and all my love, guys. You.